If you have your Bible, open up to Luke chapter 18, where we were, if you were in here for the Sunday school hour, we'll be back in the same uh, portion of scripture. Uh, Luke chapter 18. But this time we'll pick it up in verse 18, down to verse 23. This is the story, uh, sometimes called the story of the rich young ruler. Some important lessons we can learn tonight about faith. Luke chapter 18, and uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 18. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to say something that the Lord put on my heart. Pastor this morning talked about grace, and grace is the motive for giving. He said that's why we give, but it's also the motive for why we go. I, I might burst somebody's bubble here this morning or this evening, but I'm not going to the Navajo reservation because I have this great love for Navajo people. I do love my wife. She's Navajo. And I do love people, but I'm going because of the grace of God. I'm going because I love the Lord, and the Lord told me to go. Um, I know some people, they think, well, you must really love Navajo people, and, and that's why you're going, and I really love Navajo people too. And I, I didn't really want to go, to be honest with you. I, I, it wasn't my idea to begin with, but the Lord does a grace in your heart. He does a grace in your life. Uh, he works in your heart and life to want to do what, what needs to be done. And now that we're there, we're so thankful to, to be serving and, and God's doing, doing great things. But it is truly the grace of God that works in a person's life. And maybe you've been saved for a little while and there's a lot that God can do with your life. There was a time in my life where I was in the Navy and I never thought about being a missionary or a pastor or doing anything for serving the Lord. I just thought I was going to retire in the Navy. But God does a work of grace. He does a work of faith in your life. And if you're open and you're humble to the Lord and you're willing to go wherever he will lead you, there's no telling what God will do with you. Let's look at the, what the Bible says here in Luke chapter 18. In verse Luke 18, 18. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these things have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. Father, I pray you'd use this the time in your word to speak to our hearts. Help us, Lord, to be willing to do what, the, what your spirit says to us, what the word of God says to us. Help us to be obedient and to follow you and to trust you with the results. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There was a man named uh, Pat Tillman who played for the Arizona Cardinals, and he was offered a he was offered three point nine million dollars to continue playing for the football team, but he felt in his heart a burden to go serve in the United States Army after the attacks on the twin on the World Trade Center 
on 9-11-2001. He felt a burden that he needed to go do something. He felt a burden that he needed to serve his country. And so he left behind the contract for almost $4 million to follow the calling that he believed was given to him. The choice ultimately cost him his life. Our service to God is one that will cost us much, even our lives, but we should be willing to go wherever God calls us to go. The Bible says in Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Our service to God is a great opportunity, but it's also a great obligation. We need to do something We need to do something for the Lord. It's an opportunity. I think about serving the Lord as a great opportunity. We get to to see people get saved. We get to be involved in the work of God. Uh, It's a great opportunity. But it's not just an opportunity because if if God's wanting you to do something for him and you don't do it, it's not like, well, you just missed out on an opportunity. But no, it's more than just an opportunity. It's an obligation. It's our reasonable service to the Lord. And if you think the Christian life is just boring, then you're probably not living by faith. You've not really got involved in what God wants you to do. The Christian life is exciting. Uh, I don't know anyone who's, uh, uh, who's ever seen a soul get saved and say, man, it was just a boring day. Man, when people are getting saved, it's exciting. When you have a new believer that's gotten saved and you're discipling them, that's exciting. I think uh, second to getting saved is discipling a, a new believer. That's exciting. That's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, Spirit-filled preaching. Man, that's exciting. Uh, Fellowshipping with God's servants. That's exciting. I I had a great time today uh, fellowshipping with pastor. That's exciting to be among God's people. It's exciting to see people saved. It's exciting when your prayers get answered. The Christian life is exciting if you're living by faith. The Christian life and the life of a missionary is exciting. But you have to step out by faith and see what God can do. I like what William Carey said. He has a quote that says, Attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. When you're attempting great things for God and God blesses it, you say, man, I don't know how we're going to do this, but we're just going to go by faith and do it. Man, it's amazing what God can do. It's amazing when God answers your prayers. Uh, The Christian life and the life of a missionary is exciting, but you have to step out. You have to step out by faith. The Christian life is a life that must be lived by faith. And God gives us opportunities to use our lives for his glory. It's truly the opportunity of a lifetime. That's the title of the message this evening. The opportunity of a lifetime. We're going to see in this uh, short, uh, short scripture verse, the short, short story, that a man is given the opportunity of a lifetime by Jesus Christ, but he turns it down. Because he had his own agenda. He had his own plan. He really didn't have the faith to see what God wanted him to do. And I want to tell you, uh, talk to you tonight about three aspects of a missionary's life. But this could also be three aspects of the Christian's life. If you want to have an exciting life, it's going to have to be a life of faith. Number one, a life of faith. Look at verse 22. He says, Now when, thou, now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. He said, you're just lacking one thing. 
You have a lot. You, you have your religion and you, and you have your morals and you, 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 have, you have your standards and you have, you have a, lot, a lot to offer. A lot of people in the world probably want to have what you have. But what you're lacking is the most important thing. And what he was lacking was faith. It doesn't matter how much you've been to church and how much Bible verses you can quote and how much religion you have. That's not going to save you. That's not going to be how you have a, a, a blessed life. You need to have a life of faith. You need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is not only needed for salvation, it's necessary for the rest of your life. When you trusted Christ as your Savior, you did it by faith. You called upon the name of the Lord and you were saved. I did that when I was 19 years old. I was invited to go to a Bible study for single sailors. And uh, my coworkers invited me to go. And I, and I went out and they said there's going to be fellowship. I didn't know what fellowship was. They said, well, that means food. I said, okay, that sounds good, you know. It was a Baptist meeting. And, and there was food there. And there was, there was Bible. There was, there was some Bible, a Bible study. And after the Bible study was over and I walked into the kitchen and the, the lady of the home said, John, are you saved? I'm almost certain that every single person there but me knew the answer to that. They knew I wasn't saved. They knew I wasn't saved because, because of my lifestyle. I, I was not a very uh, godly person before I knew Christ. I wasn't trying to be on any certain way. That's just the way I was. I, I just didn't know the Lord as my Savior. And I said, I don't know. I'm not sure what that means. And so she had her husband show me from the Bible how I could get saved. They showed me the Romans road. And they led, he led me to Christ that night on February 3rd, 2002. I trusted Christ as my Savior. I didn't know all that was going to happen. I didn't know I was going to even change at all. I just knew I was on my way to heaven. I knew I trusted Christ as my Savior. Began to go to church at an independent Baptist church of, for the Navy in, in Sigonella, Sicily, Calvary Baptist Church. And it, it changed my life. Started going to church and they said, now you're Brother John. Okay, I'm Brother John. And I remember my pastor saying, oh, we have an, a young man who got saved yesterday, John. I said, no, I'm Brother John. <laughs> you know, I'm Brother John now. I, have, I like that. I'm part of a family. And I was so excited just to, just to be able to be saved. And I used to sit in the front row. It's like I'm sitting today. And I'd always want to just learn as much as I could. Then I heard about this thing called Bible college. I thought, okay, what's, what's that all about? And I ended up going to home to visit my mom on leave and hearing about a Bible college. And and I thought, man, that would be so awesome if I could just go to Bible college. And two years later, I got out of the Navy and went to Bible college where, where I met my wife. And it's all part of God's plan. I just got saved. I didn't know all that God was going to do. But it was just one step at a time, a step of faith. The Christian life is, is an amazing life. The life of a missionary is, ama is an amazing life. You know, the missions con this Missions Emphasis Month is a time to trust in the Lord and to live by faith. You could live by faith by surrendering to be a missionary, but also you live by faith by supporting missionaries and giving by faith. Whether you go by faith or whether you give by faith, it's all by faith. And that's what it's all about. Faith isn't just for pastors and missionaries. Faith is for every believer. And faith is not just for when you get saved. Faith is for the rest of your life as a Christian. Are you living by faith? Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We need to live by faith. And so we see, number one, it's a life of faith. Number two, it's a life of following. 
Uh, this morning, a pastor said he went a little bit over. Well, I'll make up for that extra time. We won't be too long tonight. It's a life of following. Jesus gives an invitation. He says, in verse 22, he says, Come, follow me. Come, follow me. I remember uh, many times as we're traveling, my wife really helps me with the packing because I like to pack everything. I always think, worst case scenario, we might need this. Worst case, we might need that. Might need an extra jacket. I remember when we were doing deputation, and one time we didn't have, I didn't have a laptop computer, Pastor, so I said, well, we have to bring my desktop because I have to do our prayer letter while we're traveling. And we brought a desktop on deputation. It was, it was kind of crazy that we did that. But I like to pack extra things. I like to have extra things just in case. It, it, and, but Jesus says, come follow me. In following Jesus, you have to leave some things behind. In following Jesus, you can't trust in everything else and everyone else. You have to trust in the Lord. You have to learn to trust in the Lord more and more. You can't take everything with you. In Luke 18, the Bible says, Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. The, the ruler's treasure was in his earthly material possessions. He wasn't thinking about the things that were above, like your theme is this year. He was thinking about his earthly possessions. Those things meant so much to him. Those things are what he really clung, he clung on to. He didn't want to let those things go to have the opportunity of a lifetime to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He held on to those things instead. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there where your heart be also. Don't put your treasure in your possessions. Put your treasure in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Those things will matter a whole lot more. It won't matter what kind of TV and what kind of car you have. And when you're on your deathbed, it won't matter what kind of TV and car and house you have. When you're in heaven, those things won't even matter. Put your faith in the Lord. Uh, put your heart on things above. Set your affection on things above. You buy something new, man, it's top of the line. I remember having a brand new, in 2018, an iPhone 8. It was top of the line at the time. But after a while, it began. the storage began to fill up, and my phone didn't really work like it used to. And I'm thankful I was able to get another phone because the phone I had just wasn't working right. The battery would die real quick, and it just got, it just got old. It got scratched up. It, it wasn't like it used to be. Your earthly material possessions won't last forever. Don't put your heart on those things. It's it, it, this life of, of Christ, it's a life of faith, it's a life of following. And it's sometimes in following, you have to set aside some things. Let's look at what the Bible says here. If you would, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Sometimes the Lord puts verses on your heart that are not in the notes there. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. The Bible says, Hebrews 12, 1, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, 
The Bible talks about weights and sins. We all know we ought to lay aside sins, amen? If there's some sins in your life, you need to lay those aside so that you can have your prayers answered. You don't want to have your prayers hindered. And if you're trying to pray with sin in your life, the Bible says God doesn't hear your prayers with sin. You need to lay aside some sins, but you know what? As Christians, sometimes it's just weights in our life. Look at what it says in Hebrews 12, verse 1 again. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. If we're running a race, we don't want to run a race with weights on. That's not a good way to win a race. You want to lay aside all the weights. You want to be as light as possible to win a race. In the Christian life, you're running a race. But you're, weight, but you're weighted down by all those possessions that you have, those things that you hold on to. You say, what, what's a weight in my life? Anything that makes it harder for you to serve Jesus that's not sinful is a weight in your life. I'm pretty sure that God's speaking to your heart about one of those weights. What is it? I don't know what it is in your life, but I have some weights in my life, and I need to lay aside on the altar myself. We all have things that come into our lives that weigh us down from serving the Lord. Those, those things we need to lay aside. And so the, the, that, that's important. Let's turn back to Luke chapter 18 again. We're talking about a life of faith. We're talking about a life of following. And sometimes in following, there's some things we need to lay aside so we can follow Jesus. You know, as I, I think about this truth that earthly treasures get old and outdated and they break. But serving the Lord is an investment of a lifetime. It's an investment for eternity. It's a life of following. Don't wait until later to start following Jesus. Don't say, I'll serve Jesus later on. Hey, it begins when you get saved. You start following Jesus. And you just keep on following one step at a time. I didn't just become a missionary overnight, but I just got saved and I just began to serve in the church. I just wanted to help out. I wanted to be an usher. I wanted to sing in the choir. If I was at this church, I'd be in the choir. I wanted to serve Jesus. It was one step at a time. Then I went to Bible college, and I began to get some training. Uh, the Bible says that if you're going to be a bishop, if you're going to be a pastor, that you can't be a novice. You have to have some experience and some training in Bible doctrine. I, I got that in, in Bible college. And then I served at East Mesa Baptist Church where, Brother Goodman, uh, where I met Brother Goodman and Shane and Chanel. And I, became a, I was a deacon there, and I got some more experience. Then going on deputation was a great step up by faith. You quit your job and say, okay, Lord, I hope, the, hope I get some support. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's faith. Faith is saying, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to take this step. And if you don't help me, I'm going to look like a big fool. And you take that step anyways. And you say, man, I was able to do it. Praise the Lord. Then you take another step. And then you take another step. And you take another step. And when you look back, you say, man, praise the Lord. You don't take the credit for it. It wasn't in your own strength. But you thank the Lord for what he enabled you to do. And I look back and I see people that got saved and discipled and baptized and, and lives that were changed. And I say, praise God. What if I didn't go? It would have been a mess. What if I didn't go? I, I would have missed out on the life uh, opportunity of a lifetime. Serving God is the opportunity of a lifetime. What are you doing with your life? Does your life count for eternity? It's a life of faith. It's a life of following. Number three, it's a life of fulfillment. The religious ruler thought he was going to lose everything. He didn't want to give up his possessions because he thought it was a lose-lose scenario. Well, if I give my possessions away, I'll have nothing. That's what he thought. Well, if I give the missions, I won't have money for this or for that. I won't have money for my boat. I won't have money for my dreams. He thought it was a lose scenario. But anytime you give to Jesus, you never can lose. 
Anytime you follow by faith, you cannot lose. It's only a win-win scenario. But he thought about it through the negative way. He only saw the negative because his focus was on himself and on his possessions and not on what God could do with his life. Don't focus on yourself and on your possessions. Focus on what God can do by, by your giving by faith. Focus on what God can do with your life by giving your life to the Lord. I like the verse that Pastor was talking about this morning that, hey, you first have to give yourself to the Lord. Then everything else will be easy after that. Haven't you given yourself to the Lord? Have you surrendered your life to say, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do? God, I'll go wherever you want me to go? If you do that, 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 that that's the biggest step. After, that's, one of a, that's a big step in your life. But I wonder if there's someone here today that has not done that. You're saved, you trusted Jesus Christ, you followed him in baptism, and you're here in church, but have you really given your all to the Lord? Have you surrendered your life? It's a life of fulfillment. You know, if this man had sold his possessions, others would have benefited from it. He only saw the negative. The rich young ruler only saw the negative. Hey, if I give this up, I'm going to lose out of my, what I have. But he didn't think about the needs of others. If he had sold his possessions, others would have benefited from it. Notice what it says in Luke 18, 22. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the what? To the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. You see, in him giving, it would have benefited people that could have probably used the money a whole lot more. It would have benefited to someone who really had a need. It could have really made a difference in someone's life. But he only saw the possessions as what he needed for himself. Imagine the light that would have shown that day if he would have obeyed God. What a testimony it could have been if he would just would have obeyed God. Don't let your life be what could have been. Don't let your life be what could have been. Use the opportunities God has given you to make a difference for an eternity. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. This man had the opportunity of a lifetime to follow Jesus, but he chose to hold on to his possessions. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. He could have inspired others to follow Christ. Not only could he have benefited the needs of those poor, but he could have inspired other Christians to follow Christ. Hey, man, did you see that ruler? Man, he gave everything. He's following Jesus. Hey, maybe I should do that too. He could have inspired other Christians to want to follow Christ by his example, but he chose not to. We need to be an example. 1 Timothy 4.12, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Are you being an example for the believers by your faith? You need to continue to follow Christ. It's, it's, it's a life of faith. It's a life of following. It's a life of fulfillment. No one's ever going to serve Jesus and look back and say, man, it was just a waste. I should have saved all my money. I could have had a boat. I could have had this. I could have had that. I, I could have had my dreams. No one will ever look back and say it was a waste. It's a life of fulfillment. It's a life of, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy every day. It doesn't mean there's not going to be any trouble in following Christ. But it's going to be a fulfilled, a fulfilled life. It's going to be a purposeful life. It's going to be a life uh, where, where you see God using you and working through you. And sometimes it takes a long time. You know, it is not every door I knock on where people say, what must I do to be saved? But you know, sometimes you knock on someone's door and they do get saved. 
We were at a missions conference in Carlsbad, uh, I think it was last week, uh, it was just a few, it was, I think it was last week we were in Carlsbad, and, and I knocked on a guy's door, and, 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 I, I, and I asked him if he wanted to be saved, he went through the plan of salvation, and the same way someone went through the plan of salvation with me, I went through the plan of salvation with this man, and, and he got saved. The, one of the members in the church wanted to go out talking to people about Jesus, and I'll go with you, why not? Anywhere going soul winning is easier out there than it is on the reservation. Boy, I'm telling you, I mean, when you go knocking on doors in the reservation, every single animal that's out there will come after you. I had, I've been attacked by sheep. I've been attacked by horses, cows, dogs, you name it, mostly dogs. But, but man, it's, it's just it's very difficult to win souls on the reservation. So when I have the opportunity to go soul winning somewhere else, I take the opportunity. And it's amazing what God will do if you just trust him and follow him and, and just do what he wants you to do. It's a fulfilled life. It's an exciting life. The Bible says in Jude 22, and if some have compassion, making a difference. You know, if he sold his possessions, he would not have things holding him down. I already mentioned the verse in Hebrews 12. Those weights can hold you down. And he said unto them, take heed and beware. Luke 12, 15 says, and he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Life is not about possessions. There's a great fulfilling life in serving Jesus Christ. And it doesn't mean that if you serve Christ, you're going to ha not have any possessions. But you lay it all on the altar and say, Lord, whatever it is, it's all yours. It doesn't mean God's going to take it all and you're not, not going to have anything. Well, if I serve Jesus, I'm just going to be poor. That's what the guy thought. Well, if I just serve Jesus, well, if he gave up everything, wouldn't he be poor? Not exactly. The Bible says in Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given unto you. Don't you think God would have blessed that? Don't you think if that man gave by faith that God wouldn't provide for him? I don't know any servant of God that's just, oh, oh, oh I just have no, no food to eat. Oh, I'm just, I, I have no blessings. Anyone I know that's been giving by faith, God takes care of them. And that's what he's done in my life, and that's what he'll do in your life as well. I remember thinking when God was calling me to be a missionary, and that missions that revival meeting, rather, at East Mesa Baptist Church, Mark Rogers was preaching, and I remember thinking, I don't know how I could be a missionary. I mean, I'm not even, I'm, not, I'm too white. They're not going to like me. I mean, I had all kinds of excuses. Well, I can't afford to go. Well, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Every time I had a reason why I can't do it, the preacher would preach, and it would take away my reason. And Monday night, I, I fought it. And Tuesday night, I fought it. And finally, on Wednesday night, I said, okay, I have no more excuses. I just need to go. I just need to surrender. I just need to lay it all on the altar and say, Lord, I'm just going to serve you. I don't know how it's going to happen, but you're going to have to help me. And I felt a lot better after coming to the altar and giving it to the Lord. But I remember thinking, now what am I going to do? <laughs> now I have to go out by faith. Now I have to go through some more steps before becoming a missionary. But that's the way it works. It's, it, it's a life of faith. It's a life of following. It's a life of fulfillment. You have to not worry about all those things, but put your faith in Christ. The Christian life is a life of faith. It's a life of following. It's a life of fulfillment. It, it's, a, it's a lifetime of an it's the it's the opportunity of a lifetime to serve the Lord. Don't ever think that, well, I don't want my son to do that. I don't ever want my daughter to do that. I don't want my grandchildren to do that. It's the greatest opportunity. I want to show you a verse before we close. Luke chapter 5, and verse 27. You see, Jesus gave the same opportunity to another 
man. And this man became one of the disciples. It was the same opportunity. The same invitation was given. Luke chapter 5 and verse 27. And after these things, he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, here it is, follow me. What did he do? Verse 28. He left all, rose up, and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great company of publicans and others that sat down with them. Because Levi was willing to forsake all and follow Jesus, there were some other people. There were some other people in his same profession, being a tax collector. A publican means a tax collector. There were some other people there that were sinners and tax collectors that got to hear Jesus Christ because he was willing to forsake all and follow him. He got to become one of the disciples. That man, Levi, I understand to be Matthew, who wrote the book of Matthew, the first book of the New Testament. God used him in a great way because he was willing to follow him. He forsook all and followed him. Verse, verse 27, and he said unto him, follow me. Verse 28, and he left all, rose up, and followed him. You know, Pat Tillman chose to serve his country rather than to make millions of dollars. Will you choose to serve Christ, whatever it may cost you? It's the opportunity of a lifetime, but what are you going to do with it? Father in heaven, we thank you for this time to consider what the word of God says, Lord. Speak to each and every heart. And Lord, I pray you'd help us, Lord, to be followers of Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.